need my bros, my hoes, and my McSmooth. What's up, guys? We're coming back at you this week with uh, part two of episode one of the McSmooth Show. This is one half of your host, uh, Hunter McDaniel, here with my co-host. Jared Smith. And we're coming back at you this week uh, talking about some familiar stuff. We're going to keep it going with the personality test this week. Uh, we have our co-host back on set. Allison Coakley has joined us again. Hi, how are you guys doing today? I hope you're doing great. All right. She is here to to continue bringing her expertise on these tests. Um, we're going to be talking about the Big Five tests uh, this week, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's a pretty nifty little test that uh, spells out your personality traits uh, in the form of the word ocean um, and kind of helps you better understand who you are as a person and your tendencies. And then we also have a political spectrum test we're going to be looking at uh, as far as um, – where we all land on the political spectrum and a more and a more realistic view because I feel like a lot of times we we think we're one thing and then we take a take a like a personal inventory and it turns out we're um, not as alt right or alt left as we as we think we are. Um, so we're going to be diving into that a little bit and we'll wrap it all up with a uh, personality political spectrum kind of guessing game. So uh, with all that being said, uh, how's quarantine going, guys? What are we looking at? Uh, so, at least what I've been doing with the quarantine, um, I've been stuck doing a lot of online classes, working all day, getting a little stir-crazy. Um, sometimes you just got to realize that even if you're feeling down and, you know, gloom, you got to find your way outside, especially if it's, you know, sunny, beautiful, you know, moderate temperature, and go on a jog, exercise, um, hang out with friends, of course, implementing some social distance if you can, um, try to follow the guidelines best you can, but, you know, you, you try, need to try to keep your life as normal as possible, so that's what I've been doing. I'm trying to keep up with my work, but also making sure that I'm not withdrawing myself from my friends and my family. 100%, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm trying to keep as much as a social circle as I can keep trying to, I know we got to do our social distancing, but um, for the people that I've been around for the duration of the of the quarantine i'm just trying to stay around those people as much as i can uh, keep that keep those social lines open just for my sanity i'm still plugging away at the online classes which is just madness crazy to think about graduating here in a few weeks um just everything that's up in the air with how with how long this thing is going to last it's uh just a lot of uncertainty right now but i think trying to uh, stay positive through all of that trying to maintain all of the various areas of support that we all have. I think that's just, that's so important during this time is just keeping your, keeping your mental and physical health up as best you can. Uh, I know that's easier said than done, but that's, that's something that we're all really trying to do um, up here in Boone. And we challenge you guys to do the same. Uh, Allison, what have you been up to during the quarantine? So I went home for Easter, which was really nice. I got to see my family, which was a great time. Um, I also just have been working remotely for my internship with App State Sports, which has been really good. Um, just staying there and staying in touch with my coworkers, as well as just my friends that have been here as well. Cool, awesome. And I think I think Jared has some stuff he was uh, he was want to talk about in terms of terms of a little project he might be working on. What's that about, Jared? So I decided to make a little extension of the Mix Smooth Show podcast. Um, I decided to do a Sunday special, and the title of the Sunday special is called um, Mind, Body, and Spirit. 
And if you know really anything about me based off the first episode, um, personality part one, um, I tend to be quite investigative. I tend to be very curious. Um, that tends to lead me towards more scientific and like openness endeavors. Um, I like to follow into any sort of intellectual pursuits that I might come about. And, you know, this is kind of my brainchild. I wanted to, you know, explore neuroscience, um, medicine, and religion. Um, and Hunter and I had talked to you guys about this in the very first episode, but we both founded a Christian fraternity, Alpha Gamma Omega. Um, of course, I identify myself as a Christian, but a lot of times I've been very skeptical and um, um, sometimes like doubt my own faith. And it's a challenge, but, you know, that's why it's faith. You know, sometimes it's blind and you can't physically see, you know, as a believer, you know, a divine being or anything. And I just want, wanted to bring in guests and like talk about their own faith. So we'll bring in people from all realms of religion, like Christianity, Judaism, um, you know, agnostic, atheists, you know, no matter like what um, you identify as when it comes to your religious beliefs, I want to bring you in. I'm also tend to geek out when it comes to like medicine and science. I think the human body is quite fascinating, especially talking about this coronavirus and how future pandemics could tend to come into play um, and how viruses affect our immune system, bacteria, um, also just nutrition and how we could take care of our bodies during this time where you know, when this virus comes about, and oftentimes we don't know if we're going to remain asymptomatic or if we're going to take the worst case scenario and we're going to be hospitalized and on a ventilator. It's just kind of good to know how to take care of our bodies. And then the neuroscience aspect, like how we could take care of our emotional, you know, spiritual and mental health. And I just wanted to explore that every Sunday. Um, I'm a very spiritual person, and I feel like this would be a good opportunity to partake in this uh, devotional of sorts. So that's all i got to say, but the very first episode premieres on April 26th. Um, I'm going to have my first guest, Brandon Moore. Who's oh, God. What a character. Yeah, what a character. He's <laughs> he's in our studio audience tonight. Um, I'm hoping that we'll have a very uh, intellectually stimulating conversation on Christianity. Um, we, you know, we find a home in Christianity, but... Of course, you know, we want to talk um, about all sorts of, you know, spectrum and ideologies within that and how, you know, these are very difficult times for anybody in any sort of faith. So that's just a little preview um, for that episode, but I um, hope you guys check it out. Awesome. Definitely looking forward to that, Jared. I think that's going to be a awesome little spinoff of the mixed smooth show for sure it's never too early for a spinoff right mm-hmm. uh so i think uh also also what jared mentioned is uh we're experimenting tonight with our first uh live studio audience so how about how about you guys say hello all y'all out there in the audience what's up y'all <laughs> make the noise that's weak, that's weak. That's weak. <laughs> yeah we got got a few of our close friends here tonight um over watching the show less than, less than 10 less than 10 less than 10 of course um but they're all here joining in with us tonight so you'll be able to hear their live feedback to to what we're talking about tonight but without further ado i think we can go ahead and get underway with our first with our first topic uh, so we'll kick it off with talking about the big five personality tests Jared, what, uh, what do we have to say about that? What do we know about that? All right, so the Big Five personality test, just to give you a little historical preview, um, I'm going to tell you all like who founded 
um, the Big Five personality test, and it's kind of a deviation and a you know a lot of quite a bit of variance when it comes to other personality tests that we reviewed pre- previously. But um, Robert McRae and Paul Costa were the ones that developed the five or the five factor model, and it goes over this five letter acronym called Ocean, and Ocean starts off with um, openness and conscientiousness and emotion and or no extroversion and neuroticism. So those are each facet. Um, of personality like traits and characteristics that we're analyzing and what makes us different from all sorts of different personality tests is that with like Myers-Briggs or any other personality tests that we tend to cover or even the astrology and like zodiac signs it tends to be very vague and it, it could really encompass many different sorts of traits but with the big five personality type, it's very um, unique and specific to you. It goes along a spectrum much rather than like a very, you know, widespread um, viewpoint and depiction of like who you are. So I'm first, I'm going to briefly like go over some of the uh, OCEAN acronym. So starting off with openness. Openness could either be on the low end, you could have narrow field of interests, likes, and tried and true. So you tend to be more conservative and traditional in your ideas, ideals, and you tend to have like a, con- a concrete thinking process, very narrow, more so on the narrow-minded spectrum. And then if you go higher, you tend to be more imaginative, curious, open to new ideas. So kind of abstract thinking, complex thinking, and you tend to try to... Ab- you like to be overly stimulated and take on all sorts of information. Then if you go into um, agreeable or like when you go into conscientiousness on the low end, you tend to be more impulsive and carefree and disorganized, much like myself. Um, I'll just let you know that. (laughs) And then once you go higher on the end of the spectrum, you tend to be more responsible, dependent, goal oriented, very industrious, and you tend to be more type A. You need to like really get things done and you won't like let it go until you do. And then we'll go with E, extroversion on the low end is quiet, withdrawn, unassertive. Um, very reserved and you tend to kind of detach and withdraw yourself from you know that's that tends to be with introversion is you tend to grab you know gravitate towards activities that will give you energy without having any sort of like social or crowd gathering and then on the high end you tend to be more outgoing energetic and gregarious so you constantly need stimulation, you need like that affirmation, you need that engagement in order to get the most out of your life. And then I'll go into A, which is agreeableness. The low end, you tend to be more aloof, easily irritated. You tend to not really want to cooperate and be in like a teamwork kind of setting. And then on the high end, you tend to be more warm, considerate, good-natured. Um, you te- But it, on the negative side of being agreeable, you could tend to be more of a people pleaser and people could tend to take advantage of you if they're being cognizant of that. Um, and then the last is neuroticism, which we'll go into a little bit later, but is one of the biggest indicators when it comes to like mental health, like high blood pressure and high heart rate and stress and depression and all sorts of stuff. Like if you're on the high end of neuroticism, you tend to be very anxious and irritable and um, tend 
tend to like lash out if people tend to get in your way. And then on the low end, you tend to be carefree, nonchalant, and you know, pretty easygoing person. So it's better to be on the low end of that. But sometimes being on the low end, you tend to not have any sort of fear, which if you know, fear could be an advantageous kind of thing for us to have, especially nowadays. Like there's a lot of college students that we're seeing during this outbreak that tend to not be abiding by the rules and are not are feel not not as so fearful for their like family and their friends, um, considering what the virus can do to you and that that could be problematic. Um, but I'll I'll take it back to Hunter. Yeah, so I think I think that was a great great little intro here. I'm actually gonna throw it over to uh to Allison and see what our see what our personality test expert has to say about this whole this whole big five personality thing. And maybe uh, if you don't mind, Allison, maybe you can just unpack who who Jared and I are um, in terms of in terms of the personality tests and kind of kind of ask us questions about about what our personality or what our results look like. Okay. Um, and then kind of give us your take on the whole okay. setup of the test itself. I think this test is very interesting. I hadn't really um, learned that much about it, but since I've like researched it, and it's been really cool to kind of dive into. Um, I think it's really interesting of how it places you in those categories and how it's that running spectrum of things. I feel like a lot of times with personality tests, it's just kind of like cut blank, kind of like one thing Jared said. It's like you're all this and you're nothing else of any other kind. And so I think this is cool because it can kind of show you the differences between and your range of that, which is very interesting. And I think just the way that it breaks itself up into categories is also very interesting to me. Um, so I guess if you guys want to go ahead and share your results for the test, we yeah. can go ahead and do that. Um, so me personally, I kind of like, like they said, it breaks it up into, <clears throat> into percentages, uh, just based on each, each personality trait. Um, I actually ranked the highest in extroversion. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm, I'm surprised about that as all at, at all going into, going into the sales and wanting to, on the pursue a career in, in marketing and sales, I think that that's a pretty good, good and accurate description mm-hmm. of, of who I am. I really enjoy uh, people, all people. Um, I've really never met, never met a stranger in my opinion. I can, it's very true. I can uh, talk to someone I've never, never met before and feel right at home and make them feel right at home too. And just kind of um, get, get below the surface pretty, pretty quickly. I would say, I think I do a good job of, um, you know, making that, meaningful small talk and getting to getting to know them as a as a person fairly quickly I, yeah you're also the life of the party anywhere also you go. the life of the party everywhere <laughs> i go everywhere i go um i am the party so <laughs> oh my goodness so hunter i have a question for you when it comes to your you know percentages in ocean um mm-hmm. what was what was the result that kind of surprised you out of all the you know letters that you got yeah i think i think i'm pretty surprised that my conscientiousness was so low um i'm only 42 percent in in conscientiousness um i don't know i feel like i'm pretty pretty self-disciplined and a a lot of things um pretty pretty set on pursuing my goals um pretty pretty self-aware too um i think i i tend to to be very aware of of who I am as a person and kind of the the image that I that I put off and if I am putting off a good image then you know things are good and I'm mm-hmm. flying high but I I do think the second that 
uh, I sense any sort of attack on my personal brand or my personal image, uh, I don't know, I, I become very alarmed and I go into a state of panic and I try to do all the damage control I can. And I try to, try to fix mm-hmm. it yep. to the best of my ability. So I think that kind of surprising um not sure what what answers i put on the quiz to reflect that um <laughs> yeah. obviously i did so um yeah that, that's that's kind of crazy to think about for me though i think i'm a pretty conscientious person um and to for that to be my lowest percentage out of all the the ocean traits then i think i think that's pretty shocking for me how about you jared what was what was surprising for you um let me let me go look at that real quick um Something that probably surprised me the most, um, I wouldn't say it necessarily surprised me quite a bit, but I don't know. I was always curious, at least like my percentage when it came to conscientiousness, mine was at 37.5%. So you thought yours was bad. Mine was pretty bad. (laughs) Um, I expected it that I compared to my other traits, I expected that to be lower, but I didn't know I was nearly that bad. But my mom always told me that I always had an issue, you know, doing my own damn laundry and, (laughs) and then also just, uh, clean, cleaning up after myself and all that. I know that's not necessarily the most desirable or like pleasing trait to like really notice because when you tend to be higher in conscientiousness you tend to be more productive more organized so if i'm on the lower end you could pretty much just get a little clue to how my personality is i tend to be more carefree with those sort of things like tend to have you know papers all over my desk you know stuff them in my backpack i don't really put them or consolidate them or allocate them to any sort of folders or you know and it probably ex- describes my mind a pretty good bit. I have a lot going on in my mind. It's not like I don't. Li- it's not like I don't have a good capacity because I do. It's just that sometimes with all that information going about and not me, me and like me not being able to stick some to some sort of schedule or like routine, it tends to be kind of scattered and incoherent when it like comes about. So. I feel like with these personality tests and, you know, Hunter, you can tell me if you agree, but it's very interesting if you take them multiple times. I'm not sure if you've taken this test before, but watching some sort of change and whether or not you need to make any sort of adjustment in your, like, routine or habits, because sometimes if you spend enough time refining yourself, you could definitely adjust that. Or if you tend to neglect it and your priorities tend to shift, then you could see like a dramatic increase or decrease in a certain trait. Uh, Yeah, and I think that was me with the Enneagram and just the second time I took it, um, seeing those increases and decreases in in certain types um, and how prevalent they were the first time around versus the second time around. Uh, So I think that is very interesting. I think, um, you know, as humans, we, we evolve and we change every day. And every time we come into contact with new surroundings and new people our viewpoints are shifting you know mm-hmm. they they are more advanced and um sometimes for better sometimes for worse um than they were the day before you know yeah uh, so we are we are changing we are ever-changing creatures um i think that's something to that's very important to to think about when you're when you're taking these tests um 
Allison, what, what was your most prevalent uh, characteristic when you took this test? So mine was extroversion. Shocker. And it's not a shocker at all if you know me. Uh, what was your percentage? So I was a 98% on oh, yeah. extroversion. Oh, my God. So um, wow. total complete extrovert here, guys. Anytime I take, like, a test like this, I always get, like, in the high 90s or 100% on extroversion which i think is a little crazy especially like with myers-briggs kind of it kind of comes out too so that was very interesting to me i'm definitely a people person but i think i differ from the boys as in my results on my other things so theirs were a little bit more varied in their results where mine literally for o and c i got 60 percent, and for a and n i got 58 so the rest of them were kind of all around and extroversion was like a huge outlier so i thought that was very interesting and um, I really liked it, but um, I just thought that was very interesting. But kind of what you guys were saying about conscientiousness, I feel like mine might have been higher too because I'm a girl. And I think girls tend to be more organized than boys sometimes. Don't hate me, organized people that are boys. But I think it's just a little bit of a difference there too on like how we view things like about our rooms, like Jared was saying. And I was like, uh, yeah. But I just think also like the whole nature versus nurture thing, I think it just... I think also with any personality test, it also just comes of how you're raised and your other biological right, right. reasons too. Yeah, it could be a lot. A lot of times, it could tend to be to like societal norms or like the cult of domesticity, where you're talking about certain gender roles and you know, mom and dad, and how you're like groomed by your parents to kind of fulfill those certain roles, and how you know you're expected a lot. Of, I, I don't want to like completely generalize or like make it stereotypical but this is has been like the traditional thought is that when you're a mother you tend to be the one to like raise the children tend to be the caregiver to feed and tend to be more mindful and attentive to your children and the men the men have been like taught over the course of time and you know nowadays you know that kind of thought process has been more like liberalized and more open to interpretation, but men tended to be the ones that had to go out and put food on the table and, you know, be the more aggressive ones, the hunters, the gatherers, the ones that are doing all the, you know, the work on the exterior Mm -hmm. of the house, but then the, the women tend to like work more at home, but you, you tend to see a shift nowadays. And I actually quite find that psychology, um, pretty interesting yeah. um, going forward. Um, something I wanted to ask you, like personally, Allison, was um, um, when it comes to like neuroticism, uh, what is your like viewpoint on that? Like, why do you think you see a spike in neuroticism when in between like a majority of like millennials and, you know, Gen Z and mm-hmm. those going forward? What do you think could attribute to that? I think one thing that attributes a lot to neuroticism especially in millennials and people our age is um social media and technology i think instead i think you with our generation you've kind of seen a shift in psychology kind of backs this up as in we're used to see people who in sociology sorry backs this up we're used to see people go out and go and hang out with their friends and go walk around at the mall or go roller skating like back in the day you know our parents would go and talk about that where now you'll send your phone by yourself and that's how you have your connection and so i think that also like allows that and then within that people get more lonely and then they get more into that 
Um, and so I think also people, because of social media and technology, we see those insecurities more in people because we see those things. And I know neuroticism doesn't go off of that yeah. uh, in a way. So I think those insecurities that could be used through technology, I think kind of get brought out more in people. And so I think if you're seeing it from, you know, oh, this is the happy blah, 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 yeah. that you're going to obviously read into that more, which probably feeds more into that. Yeah. Who's, um, the, most, who's the most neurotic out of all of us? Wasn't me. Um, wasn't you? Mm-mm. What was your percentage? Mine was 58. <laughs> Brandon, right. So Brandon says it's him. <laughs> 77, 70%. Oh, yeah, wow. 77%. What was yours, Hunter? Mine's 65. What's yours? All right. So my neuroticism, it actually has lowered substantially, but I kind of want to – go into a little bit of my anecdote, like a little um, story. Um, so my neuroticism currently is 60%. Um, and this might be a little bit personal, but I think, you know, it's good for me to be a little bit genuine in regards to like my past and how far I've come. But last year, I actually started going to visit a therapist and counselor to talk, talk about my anxiety and like my depressive issues. And I was I was going through different trials and tribulations in regards to like my insecurity and my self lack of self-esteem and just my direction in life and when I actually had to like take a version of this test just through like you know a Q&A little uh survey it turned out my neuroticism was actually at like 89%. So it's it's a pretty s- substantial difference um from 6 to 7 months out um, from therapy that I've gone down all the way down to 60%. And, um, I'm doing much better now. I'm no longer on like antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication. Um, I'm just through therapy. Like I I highly recommend it to y'all. If you know, you feel prideful and you have a hard time, like, you know, reaching out to your friend's family. And I mean, go, go, go see the, go, don't feel too prideful to go see a professional and try to um, open up to them because sometimes like it's not necessarily the answers that they give you it's just being able to talk openly for once in your life because sometimes if you keep it internalized into your mind it tends to drive you a little crazy and you can't sort through your thoughts but when you're able to talk it out and just have somebody you know affirm what you say it could be highly beneficial to you because if your neuroticism is high like i mentioned before it could really not just affect your mental health but it could also lead to like you know, stress-induced hormones and um, cause you to have very high blood pressure, high heart rate, um, could lead to certain cancers or like ulcers and, you know, inflammation and all sorts of stuff that is just very discomforting throughout your life. So that's why I really like this test and I highly implored and um, asked like, you know, the rest of the crew here just to partake in this so we could um, see you know, like where we lied on the spectrum so we could just further and, you know, reflect upon ourselves in um, this respect. So um, I something I wanted to ask, like, before we end up, like, moving on, um, what, what, what was your guys' like highest end of the spectrum? And um, how can you use your strength to like further, like better yourself and like the world around you? Um. You just mean like my highest percentage, like we yeah, talked about. Yeah, your highest percentage and how you think that could make you successful, and how can you use that yeah. to like so help th- others in your environment or who you come across. So I think for me, uh, just my just my like kind of innate quality of extroversion. I think that's gonna 
hopefully do a lot for me and the and the world of sales uh, and for all you other sales and marketing and just just business people in general out there um i think that's going to going to go a long way for you guys i think the um you know the the things that used to be known as soft skills are becoming more hard skills you know uh, so you people don't know how to interact with people anymore people don't know how to talk with people uh so if you're someone that can do that and can do it well uh, you already have you already have an upper hand. You already have an advantage. So if you if you know that, if you recognize about that about yourself, if you take one of these tests and figure that out, really try to practice that. Put it into practice every day. Hone in on those skills. Um, talk to as many people as you can. Get to know as many people as you can. Network. Uh, do some public speaking. If that's something you struggle with, do it. Like just get out of your comfort zone. And I think possessing that extroversion and being able to get out there and interact with a wide variety of people. Um, I think that just gives you an advantage in general. I think you can, I think you can reach more people with, uh, with being able to do that. I think you have more opportunities to be a leader. Um, don't get me wrong. Introverts can be great leaders as well, but I think, um, extroverts just in general are more, more magnetized to to that whole concept of being, uh, I guess, a more stereotypical, charismatic kind of leader. So I think if you can use that charisma for good, I think you're going to go places for sure. Yeah, so. And mine is extroversion as well. So I do agree with what you said. I think for me, especially going into the nonprofit realm of things, it's a little bit different. But I think a lot of times my extroversion, especially in past situations, has come out to really help people in a way that only kind of someone who's like reaching out in a public way. Um, I think also I've been getting, I've been interning in fundraising. And so within that you professional fundraising, you do have to be a people person to go out and at least talk to people and try and ask for their money or to support you and your organization. So I think that really helps me and plays these careers that I'm choosing place in my strengths, um, but also takes me outside of the box because even though I am an extrovert, I do get kind of nervous in those professional situations. I think just as a young professional, anyone kind of feels that maybe, I don't know. Um, but I think my extroversion definitely does help me. And then when I'm not paying attention, it carries me a lot more than I think it does. So, yeah, Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to flip it back to you, Jared, just to, just to kind of wrap this segment up. Um, what's your, most prevalent quality. I know you already said that, but how's, how are you going to use it to, to further your career and be, become even more successful than you already are? Yeah, so um, when it comes to like all my certain personality traits, I feel like I'm well-balanced minus the conscientiousness. But the one that was the highest was actually openness to experience. And openness, um, when you look into the psychological literature and everything, it tends to lead you to more like abstract and complex ways of thinking and then higher scores tend to be more creative adventurous and intellectual and you tend to not really go towards like the status quo in terms of like con- conventional thinking pro- practical ways of thinking um, you tend to be like innovators so the way i could say that i could be successful or i can make a difference in this world um, is maybe be able to explore, you know, and be more investigative in certain things that have been undiscovered or hasn't been really like delved into that hasn't 
really been addressed in a proper way. So like, for instance, like with me, I want to apply to medical school or I want to go to a biomedical science program and get my PhD that I hope to, you know, maybe find a cure to some sort of disease or find some sort of treatment to like help, you know, someone like ease their pain and suffering and their discomfort over their lifetime. And I tend to like to search for those answers. Um, you know, with Hunter and like Brandon and Allison and whoever's in the studio audience that's been able to have discussions with me or has no- known me long enough, they know that I tend to ask these very thought-provoking questions. And a lot of people don't really like to spend their time reading or, you know, re- you know, looking deeper into these things. And they much rather, you know, watch their like Netflix shows or, you know, go spend outside, you know, interacting in their sports activities and everything like that. And there's nothing wrong with that because I do that too. But sometimes like I find it very like satisfying and I have an affinity for just, you know, challenging my mind to the most complex puzzles. And I feel like we kind of much like Hunter said with the extroverts, you need those to be charismatic, to like build those bonds and relationships, especially in business or when it comes to like diplomacy with other countries that for me, like more so being an introvert, I still have like a decent amount of extroversion that I can also spend the time alone and I can be alone to really think deeply about these things that you might not really have much time if you're, you know, being gregarious and like socializing with certain groups. So I I could say like, it's good to be kind of an introvert and being open to all sorts of possibilities when you're a doctor, because if you're going to diagnose somebody, you got to you know, be able to expose yourself to all sorts of literature and be able to expose yourself to all sorts of possibilities and not be so narrow-minded. Absolutely, yeah. Could not agree more with that. Uh, well, thank thank you guys for mm-hmm. for sharing your uh, sharing your results from the Big Five. Um, just to keep things rolling, I think we'll go ahead and transition over to our political compass test, um, seeing where we all. Uh, checked out and scored out on this uh, on this second test we're going to be looking at tonight. Uh, so yeah, we'll kick it off there. Um, Jared, tell us a little bit about a little bit about your results that you got from the from the political compass test and and were you surprised? All right, so I actually I've taken this test quite a few times, like several times actually. Um, I was first exposed to it um, in high school when I was in my civics and economics class. And I tended to actually drift more towards the economic right and tend to be more moderate when it comes to authoritarian and libertarian. Um, But ever since I actually came to Appalachian State, um, I've been exposed to, you know, a different environment, a bunch of different backgrounds, a bunch of different people. And my, my line of thought has kind of like shifted towards being a little bit more, much like when we're talking about with the big five, personality types I'm more open to all sorts of viewpoints I'm not so much for debate I'm just open to discussion and I I see that there's many like there's a multitude of ways of dressing you know societies and society's issues and I actually um y'all like if you haven't really taken any of these like political compass or political spectrum tests you might not know exactly what I'm talking about um, but I'm sure we'll like delve into it like deeper as we like talk about this. But my economic um, like left to right, I'm more left and 
you know, if you go towards the left, you know, if you've taken any sort of mathematics class, you know that if you go left on the x-axis, you'd be the negative. So I'm like negative 1.38 when it comes to economic left. And then I'm more social libertarian, you know, going down the y-axis at negative 3.54. So that means I'm pretty social libertarian and I'm a little bit more economic left. But overall, as a person, I don't really try to identify myself with any sort of political party. Um, I tend to be more open to any sort of ideals, um, no matter like who you are as a Democrat or Republican. But I, I actually... I. I actually agree with it. I consider myself more of a moderate and, you know, where it aligns on the spectrum, I think that's where it matches. Absolutely. I think, I think you're scored you pretty well, Jared, honestly. I think, I think knowing you and talking with you, I think it's, I think it's pretty accurate. Um, Me personally, I was, I was maybe slightly a little more shocked by mine, um, probably because I haven't really thoughtfully sat down and examined my political views probably since high school, let me be honest with you. Um, I've been in college going on four years now. So uh, these results were a little bit a little bit shocking to me. Um, but, I mean, I'm still still mostly at my roots. I think I've just – I think that's part of coming to college. I think you, um, you find out more about yourself. Uh, you find out more truly and more accurately where, where your values lie and um, what you really – what you really care most about as a person. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, uh, my my preconceived notions about myself were, were they were they were still they were still pro- proven true. Uh, I'm not sure if you know me, but if you know me, you can probably guess I'm a Republican. I'm conservative. Um, he puts the cowboy. I put I put the I put the cowboy C in conservative. So <laughs> um, yeah, so that 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 is still who i am um but i am by no means as alt right as i thought i was um i am much more near the middle of the lane um i'll be honest with you guys if i was uh 0.8 more to the left of the spectrum i i'd be i'd be more liberal so <laughs> but uh but i'm not i'm i'm 0.75 to the right so i'm still um still definitely considered a conservative uh interesting thing about it all though is uh in terms of being more libertarian or more authoritarian i'm more authoritarian so i'm right right above the uh the horizontal axis since since you identify more conservative yeah yeah and i think that's probably those those more conservative views and a more conservative upbringing kind of kind of rearing its beautiful head through the oh, yeah. through the through this through this test uh, <laughs> so yeah i'm a, i'm an authoritarian conservative i definitely have uh you might be being a little dramatic on that sense because it's not like way too high yeah no and i'm not yeah exactly i mean that's just he's not even one point right this, right that's not not you know extreme on either ends of the spectrum by any means uh and but i think I think that's the most interesting thing to me is looking at this. Like we, we all, I think, have way more left and right and authoritarian, libertarian leanings than we could ever realize. And I think you don't realize that until you are personally faced with those scenario-based questions that are really, you know, defining of what you would do. You know, yeah. and you and you don't really know what you would do until and you I, think about it. And so. I will say, like in the test, I think. 
a lot of the questions were worded very weird. The I don't know if it was just the one that I took, but there were a lot of questions where I was I like, I kind of agree with this, but I don't necessarily agree fully, but it doesn't really fit into the agree, disagree, because your four categories on the test are strongly agree, agree, disagree, and strongly disagree, and, there's no, and there's no neutral. And so, like, there was one specifically for me when it got into the social categories that it was like, I feel like a woman's first thing she can have a career but her first priority should be ahead of household and like i agree with that kind of but that was a question that really boggled me obviously you guys it doesn't boggle you as much as me because i'm a girl but um i think me and jared actually our economic views are actually the same mm-hmm. which i think is really funny because i would have never thought that but I think... I would have never thought that at all. <laughs> I know. Well, I feel like I hide it more, but I don't know. I also took this test really fast, but I took it before, and I was way more moderate, so I don't know if it's just, like, my recent views, and I feel like this crisis also impacted some of my answers, yeah, and I feel like, I think this crisis is going to, this pandemic is going to affect our views from here on out, and so I think that's also mm-hmm. something important to note, is that my results definitely changed from that, but I have the highest authority authoritarian amount on here um and i'm on the other side of the spectrum on that um i i tend so if you you don't you're not really able to like see any sort of and maybe like if we get enough enough positive like feedback and response that we could post some of our political spectrum results which i mean you know that might lead to some like you know backlash or might lead to some like very dramatic reactions but i think it would be kind of interesting but you know allison's saying that she was more on the high end of the authoritarian spectrum i tended to be more libertarian i and you know there's different like sides of libertarianism so if you look to like the economic right there's neoliberalism which that means more like deregulation that the government is like not responsible for that they allow like lazy fair economics free markets to kind of take control so like more like profiteering and um, closer to like you know crony capitalism um, so you, you see like Republicans and Democrats, like you could still be a Democrat, but then you could still be a neoliberal mm-hmm. when it comes to having, you know, priorities over like the establishment and like Wall Street and all that side, like that could encompass both po- political parties. Um, for me though, like I'm more like moderate economic left, but I'm also like kind of moderate, the like authoritarian to libertarian, but it's not like the economic libertarian like I was uh, discussing before. It's more like, this sounds bad, anarchist. So I I don't think, um, I I don't believe that the government should be able to like monitor us like through um, technology, like they shouldn't be able to spy on us, like especially like through our Google search engines and use that sort of data information against us or, you know, be oppressive in that sort of way and like, track us down like i know like there comes certain like counter-terrorist like efforts that is you know imperative for us to be able to track down in in order to ensure our security but i feel like as minimally as possible the government shouldn't be involved when it comes to like a power struggle that it should be more in the hands of the people and i think you guys would be able to agree with that but when it comes to like the tests like it shows that there's a little bit more skewed results um at least like my when it comes to me being a little bit more like mm-hmm. libertarian than y'all are at um something i wanted to talk ask about too is through this crisis at least with the coronavirus and everything 
causing this like once like very uh, prosperous and like flourishing economy that Donald Trump has been able to like tout or taught yeah tout and everything and that he's been able to use as his clout for you know how great of a presidency and administration that he's had um now like with everything that's going on it's required like more bernie sanders kind of like you know ideology and like political like intervention when it comes to like universal basic income and you know more government intervention when it comes to like mandating certain uh like curfews and like hours and you know more more of a welfare state and i wanted your guys's reaction on that like this is just a very different economic and political world that we're living in and do you think that there's certain times in our life that you know a political party that you might disagree with might be like something that's practical for this kind of situation yeah i think so i think um <clears throat> i think that's the whole i think that's the whole basis of this test and i think that's what this puts into perspective um you know, just because it kind of boils down to this. I think, I think it's just because it's what you've always done, it does not mean that's what you should always do. That's true. In the future, you know, true. I think, I think you cannot be afraid to question and you cannot be afraid to innovate. And I think um, having the mindset of just always question everything, um, no matter how comfortable it feels, always question everything. Um, question every kind of, you know, political establishment that there is. Um, you know, whenever someone tells you that this is the way it's done, this is the way it's always been done, and that's the way it's always going to be done, question that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't ever be afraid to, to step out of those bounds. And I think if you ever notice any kind of corruption in your party um, and there are any kind of corruption surrounding a candidate for your party, uh, if the corruption is lesser on the other side and you're able to find more common ground with the other side, you cannot be afraid to step out of that box. You just can't. Um, and I think you also have to give credit where credit is due. You know, I think, you know, just because someone is of a different political affiliation, they're still capable of doing great things, 100%. I think when they are given power and when they're given office, I think, I think they can do a lot of great things. And I think when, when those great things transpire, uh, don't be the, don't be the pessimist that just puts them down and, and, you know, does not recognize their good works. Be the person that is the bigger person and be the person that's like, Hey, you know, you're, you're human. I'm human. You're capable of great things. We might not see eye to eye on everything, but you're killing it right now and I'm going to let you know. So, and I think that's, what's good about being in a democracy is that we do have those freedoms to do those things and believe and to change our ideas as we go through life and that things just constantly are changing for us. And I think it just makes me really grateful. And through my time and taking this test, I did learn a little bit more about myself and I do agree with Hunter college has definitely changed my opinions on things. Um, but I think also too, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. And though this test might identify me as one way, you know, still you got to look into your research, like Connor said. Hundred percent. I think, I think guys, kind of what what all this boils down to, and I think we can all agree, is that there are a lot of conversations out there uh, locally and just across the nation that are maybe not being had mm-hmm. that need to be had. Yeah, no matter what political aisle you like align with, you need to be able to have that open discourse because I feel like that's something we're lacking. It's like instead of bipartisanship yeah. in Congress, we're instead focusing more on partisanship and what your party aligns with. And this is something that I'll say too, like 
with me, like I did vote for Donald Trump in the 2016 election. And it was mostly like through like my, you know, family that, you know, when you're in high school and when you're growing up and you're a minor, you tend to, you know, not really think as much for yourself. You normally like align with the thinking of your family and your friends and your community. But going through college and everything, I'm not saying I regret my vote because I feel like for the, you know, the time that it was something that I truly felt convicted to, um, you know, sign on to. But currently, at least with how my thought process and my political views have shifted, um, I'm more open to like other candidates, like just to be completely honest. Um, and I'll say this in like defense of Trump, at least like the ad hominem attacks just solely based off of your like own like political like in group, I don't think is really like justified if you know you're just attacking him solely because he's a Republican or that he's aligning with those certain like you know talking points. Um, if he's right about something when it, in regards to the economy, you could agree with him and you could support him on that. But then you could also just as much disagree with him when it comes to social issues and all that sort of stuff. I feel like people tend to tribalize themselves with a certain political party. And no matter what that politician says or does, they'll agree with it, even if it's right or wrong. And the ethics pretty much just go to the wayside and go to the back burner. For me... You know, if Trump does something right, then I'll support him for it because I feel like if he crashes and burns and we crash and burn, so you got to kind of support him on that. But if he says something derogatory, if he says something defamatory and kind of embarrasses the country or when it comes to the preparation and like the decency of the presidency, then I'll call him out on it. Yeah. Um, and something I was just like curious to like ask you guys, too, is um since we're talking about our political affiliations and where we kind of align ourselves, who do you think, um, when it comes to like the seemingly like uh, democratic front runner and Joe Biden and also with, uh, Donald Trump, what do you think of that kind of confrontation and that matchup this coming fall, especially with the coronavirus and everything that's going on? What do you think, um, your sort of prediction is, uh, me personally, uh, probably gonna step on a lot of toes. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> I still, I still am of the personal belief that, um, and don't get me wrong, the Republican Party's been through this too. Um, all parties do. That's just the nature of of history. But I think that, I think that the the Democratic Party, I think it's still, I think it's still kind of in shambles. I think it's easy to put on a facade through the media. Um, just because a lot of a lot of a lot of media is still is still kind of primarily run by by liberals and I I'm sorry if I step on any toes but that is that's is my personal belief I think that uh I think that the party's still kind of struggling with some aspects of unity and then don't get me wrong the republicans struggle with it too but I do think that even in the midst of all of this um coronavirus you know terror and everything that's going on in the world i do think that there's at this time i think there's a little more of a sense of unity within the within the republican party that may very well just be my biased point of view but i think i think that the strength of the previous election will most likely be the thing that carries the republican party and donald trump through this election um i could be i could be 
very well surprised. I, you know, I, I could be um, proven wrong 100%. I'm not saying that can't happen. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I, you know, I think think a few years from now, I think when the when the Democratic Party gets back on its feet 100% and is able to find that uh, strong candidate that unifies the party, then I think I think 100%. Uh, they're going to give the Republican Party a run for its money, and that's that's politics, baby. You know what I mean? Like you got it. That's part of it. So, um, so yeah. I think one thing that I think will definitely be a huge factor in the upcoming election will be our economy, and I think that was one of Trump's really strong suits in his first four years. So, I definitely think that, especially in this time, I think people may be searching for something reliable, um, something that's already been in office and definitely has shown that strength economically because right now our economy is in the crapper. And so I think that'll be a huge, huge, huge factor um, to influence people because I think no matter, I think the coronavirus and this pandemic isn't across the aisle issue. It's not simply a one party or whatever. I think it affects everyone in one way, shape or form, no matter what age group you are. And so I think that'll be, I think it's hugely impactful. Personally, I think the time of this is kind of convenient for an election year but that's just my personal opinion yeah. i think there's <laughs> but, some i think there's some nostalgia attached to biden too i think that's gonna yeah you know give him give him a little bit of maybe an upper hand too that's something to think about yeah, when people sure. think you can't think biden without thinking about obama, obama and yeah. people people love obama they just do um i mean obama has a i mean even even more than just being a, a president he's He's one heck of a celebrity too. You know what I mean? Like he's got a huge following. A lot of people love him. I think he's um, a big humanitarian. Yeah, and even even people that don't agree with his political views, they still you he's know. A I, guy. Yeah, he's there. I mean, I've heard people make comments that he's just a guy you want to hang out with. So I would hang um, out with Obama. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely going to help Biden, regardless of what you think about Biden. He he was part of Obama, so I think that's that. True. That might be his strength going into all of this. Um, and Jared, you can kind of round us out on this discussion, and then we'll we'll move over to our to our last little segment of the show. But what do you what do you think about all this? Um, so like I said, I I remain like a, have an open mind in regards to like the candidate that I vote for, and I probably won't decide until election day. But at least what I'm like leaning towards, and you can tell me if you disagree. And you know, I'm not sure if there's any like followers or listeners that we have that are you know, former Bernie or like still Bernie supporters, but feel disenfranchised or ostracized um, by their own political party because of how, you know, Bernie Sanders fell short um, due to the moderates, you know, consolidating their support for Joe Biden. But I would, I would say that um, even though Joe Biden appears like you know, some people in the media are depicting him that he has some sort of cognitive decline. And at least what I've like viewed him, you know, in the 2012 debate against, you know, Paul Ryan um, as a vice president and compared to now, you know, there is a significant like, you know, cognitive dis- or difference. You know, you, you don't really see um, as much of a coherent um, and a pragmatic and, you know, um, straightforward, you know, Joe Biden, he tends to be a little bit more scattered, a little bit more disoriented, and that might be a little disconcerting for people. But something I also want, you know, people to realize too, is is that, you know, even though like this is not necessarily ideal, much like how some people felt like, you know, they had to choose Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump, something that I would just really spend your time thinking is that, Yes, the president has like a lot of executive power, but it's also dependent upon like who you want your in your executive branch, 
who do you want to have like voted into the judicial branch who do you want as an incumbent to be able to you know steer the tides of um you know the midterm elections in the senate and um the house of representatives um that's something to consider too like yes you know look at his vice president vice presidential candidate like whenever he happens to like reveal who that is um i'm not saying that i'm gonna like vote for joe biden but i'm just simply simply saying like you know and i i love hunter um we have a variance in like opinions when it comes to certain things but you know maybe the democratic party is not like as out as he thinks it is i think it's going to be a much closer election considering you know trump like you could disagree with Trump with a lot of things, but at least the economy, like you could say he inherited from Obama from the recovery after eight years, or it's simply his to tout and that's his clout. Um, You could now with that gone based through the coronavirus, that pretty much provides a blank slate. If even like a hill to climb for Donald Trump. So um, let's, let's just see like how he addresses this whole crisis like you could say that he did a poor job of like preparing um you know anthony fauci the cdc the rest of you know the economy the rest of the american people i think it's hard uh, to plant the blame honestly. yeah it's, it's it's hard to plant the blame because you know nobody else like has really gone through this since like 1918 with the spanish flu and you know woodrow wilson you know, you don't know how any other like Democrat or Republican would have dealt with this sort of crisis, but let's just see like how he continues to, you know, talk to the American people if he leads them astray or if he actually has a feasible way of you know getting us out of this crisis. So that's just something to think about. I I, I implore you guys to have an open mind no matter what a political party you're in. And um, if you guys happen to want to, like, voice your opinions at all, I'm more than happy to, like, talk to you about it um, in a civil manner. <laughs> Appreciate that, Jared. Uh, and thank you, Allison, too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think that was a great discussion, guys. And I think we'll round things out now with uh, the final segment of the show uh, on, a, on a little bit of a lighter note. Uh, we have compiled a list of uh, some of everyone's favorite celebrities. And uh, we are going to run through this list to wrap things up. And we're all going to take some votes on what we think each celebrity's uh, political affiliation is. I'm excited. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. So, I'll put a mic in the middle here. Um, We'll start with Brad Pitt. All right, Brad Pitt. What do we think about Brad Pitt? He's adopted a lot of babies. He has done that. Yeah, and Angelina. He's a movie star. So is there anything you know about him other than his adoption? He's a Tarantino star, Jerry. That is why I know. All right, Tarantino <laughs> star. Is he a Scientologist? Um, I don't really he? know. That's something I really need to look up. I, I know Tom Cruise and John Travolta and some of those. Um, there's this Leah Romani. She played in the Keenan Queens. She was a Scientologist, but that's beside the point. Um, Brad, Brad Pitt, at least I listened to him um, at the Oscars. And when he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... He actually voiced his like disgust when um, they were trying to impeach Trump about how about the they, hearings, right? Yeah, about the hearings, yeah. like for the fact that they didn't allow, you know, a secondary hearing to occur mm-hmm. in the Senate in order to impeach him. So 
my guess is is that he's probably leaning more towards the Democratic side. I mean, what yeah, do you guys true. think? I think you're probably right, but I think some of the just the depictions of him and like the the characters that he's played, like I see that dude and Inglorious Bastards, and I'm sorry, this is like very stereotypical of me, <laughs> but I'm just like he'd be a great kind of like cowboy conservative like myself you know what i mean i think like yeah. he well that's why he's an actor he's a great actor yeah, yeah. so but i i think i think you're probably right jared i think he's probably i would say so too probably much more of a democrat especially because socially he's adopted all those babies it yeah. you know a lot of conservative people don't really believe in adoption of all those different I, races. i've seen some conservative okay i have two and to, i'm pretty yes i mean i want to adopt children i'm pretty conservative but i think like you know i think he's just pretty I would say socially. When I've seen his view socially, he's Democrat. Right. Let's see the let's see the reveal, guys. Let's see what, let's see what the results have to say about Brad Pitt. And uh, ready? The results. Ooh. Thank you, live studio audience. Democrat. He is a Democrat. Wow. <laughs> All right. Shocker. Shocker. I was I was kind of wrong. All right. So let's talk about let's talk about Kanye. Oh Lord, Yeezy. What's our boy? Yeezus. What's our boy Yeezus up to? All right. So, <laughs> what I would have to say at least is like even though. And, like, you know, recency bias might tie him to Donald Trump being, you know, him, making him a conservative just because he, he wore a MAGA a, hat. Yeah, he wore a MAGA hat. <laughs> he happened to visit Trump and have, like, an open conversation with him. But if you also look into his history and, like, also some exterior, like, motives and talks that he's had with, like, Trump and other presidencies, including George Bush, you would happen to say that he's just an independent thinker. That... Mm. You know, he bashed George Bush and said the controversial statement that Bush caused 9-11. And I don't think he has any sort of political affiliation. I think he's just a very unique individual. He's brilliant in regards to his music, but he's also somebody that he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. His ego goes above everybody else. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think he's probably more middle of the aisle, honestly. I think I think Kanye probably doesn't even know what Kanye is. No, so he I doesn't. Think, so I think he's... I think Kanye wakes up a different day and then thinks that something different every day. Yeah. I think he's just a guy who beats to his own drum and... Yeah. If he just happens to align with someone, and I think Trump is a money guy, and I think Kanye is a money guy, so yeah. I think... Well, Kanye's trying to make an album in every genre of music, so maybe he's trying to make an affiliation in every exactly. spectrum of politics. So. I think so, too. So, I think he's just independent. Yeah, that makes oh, sense. So. so it turns out that when I at least I looked this up, is that uh, Kanye, like just, you know, just besides the George Bush comment, he also made a comment about George Bush not caring about black people. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Shoot. All right. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I feel like he's just very flag flagrant when it comes to his like certain opinions, and you know he tends to be very like reactionary I think and it's very brash, like very he, very yeah. brash. Yeah, yeah. So I, he he okay. Me and Kanye will always have a little bit of beef. Like this is just a complete aside here because he came out my girl. Like yeah. I'm sorry. Like you can. You can come at a lot of things of but mine, Taylor Swift. but you you will not come against Taylor Swift. I will have oh, something to say I about know. it. That is my girl. I will go to war for her. Who wouldn't? She's T great. Swift. She is on, absolutely woman. a Democrat on a side, but I love that woman. Well, we love her. Absolutely love that woman. But yeah. I think Kanye. I think he just kind of fluctuates, and I think also to his yeah. rebirth, his most recent rebirth with Christianity, could also impact. The great answer is Trump now. All right, final answer. So I think he's independent. I think I'm going to say independent too. Yeah, independent. Mm -hmm. Let's see what it says. Studio audience, give us a drum roll. Okay. 
Independent. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> all right, so we're going to move on to Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. I guess I could start off with this. What do you think about Mel? All right, so Mel Gibson, he's been in cinema for quite a long time. He's been an actor, you know, director, producer. Um, he, he starred in films like, you know, such as uh, The Patriot. He's also oh, starred in, um, what's that uh, William Wallace movie called again? Braveheart. 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 He started for Braveheart. Yeah, Braveheart. Yeah, I don't know why I forgot Braveheart. I just well, had I was a Braveheart. Say, I had Braveheart. <laughs> Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this man has been in cinema for a very very long time. But this is also something. Uh, this is a he he directed a film that was actually quite controversial at the time, at least in regards to like Hollywood, because there's like a predominance of like a you know Jewish elitist like. Um, film production like group that happened to resent and like detest a lot of the things that uh, Mel Gibson if you don't know he directed Passion of the Christ mm -hmm. and Passion of the Christ you know he, he's a Christian I think he was a Catholic if I got the denomination correctly but I do think based off of that religious affiliation I'm not saying that you know liberals or anything like that can't be like you know you know Christians or religious whatsoever but based off of you know the certain films that he's chosen based off of his like personality that I've like grown to see like in interviews and in film I would say that he was probably a conservative. Like, yeah. what, what I would do you say think? so, too. What I would, think? too. Yeah. I don't really know that much about Mel Gibson, to be completely honest. From what I've heard, though, I would say conservative. I'll go with Jared. But let's let's see what the results say about Mel Gibson. And, All right. And we got conservative from Mel Gibson. So, y'all were correct. Woohoo! Yeah, let's go. Guys, good job. We're doing much better than Thank we you, did Brandon. with The Office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. We're doing way better than The Office. That was a little bit of a struggle. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, moving on to Leo. Leo DiCaprio. I oh, love him. Uh, I feel oh, like yeah. this is a little bit of easier answer. It's very Allison, easy. But Allison, I think he's a liberal. He's a liberal. Yeah, I think he's hundred percent Democrat. Yeah, he, there's no way you can deny that Leonardo DiCaprio is not a Democrat. Any of us want to protest that? I, oh no, I no, no, no protest. But l let me at least like provide some support with this. Um, <laughs> what a scientist! Okay. Um, because I don't know. I have to provide some sort of details or like substantiated facts and everything. But he tends to be an advocate and he even met with you know president obama when it comes to like you know climate change and trying and trying to have some sort of like environmental like regulation and like businesses like a carbon tax and everything like that that you would say that you know one of the platforms of the democratic party is climate change and like environmental and i'm not saying like republicans can't have any sort of like environmental concerns but Based off of that and based off of his, like, reactions in the past, um, he has pretty much has displayed signs of being a d Democrat or liberal. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do we think? Lock it in with, lock it in with Democrat? I think we're already pretty solid on that. Yeah. Right. Dem, ready? Ready? <laughs> <laughs> He's a Democrat. Ayo, hey we had it right. There we go. All Keep right. Keep going. The Dixie Chicks. Not even the individual of them. The whole group. The whole, as a whole. How do they? They go to the. They go to the voting. They vote together. They go together. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> they make. They make exceptions for the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. They are a collective. I monster. mean, I love the Dixie Chicks. So. I but, think. I think they're a pretty progressive group, though. You know what I mean? They are. Like, I think. 
I don't know. I mean, like, you, you hear Dixie Chicks, and, like, you just... You know. think of smashing records because yeah. they're outtake against Bush. Brandon says he thinks of <laughs> I think of wonderful <laughs> music and their most recent comeback with Taylor Swift on her most recent album. Shout out to my girl. But I also think... Oh, okay, whatever. I also think of whenever they spoke out against Bush and people were smashing their records mm-hmm. and basically their group ended because of their outspokenness against that. So for me, I'm going to lock in my answer with Democrats. 100% All of Democrat. them. 100%. So, because of those reasoning. So I don't really know the Dixie Chicks that much, oh but... I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, Jared. I mean, I've heard the name, of course, but I haven't like listened to anything. Or, no like, cowboy, take me them. away. No, no, no. I am completely sorry. But you, that's so good. Rather me, you rather me not lie to all of you. But I basically the office and the Dixie Chicks. Like I'm not really privy to that. Well, it's okay. We'll so, lock in that answer. What we're learning is we're going to get Jared indoctrinated in pop culture. He's going to teach us science, okay? So. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Ready? Uh, and? Democrats. Democrats. Ayo! All of them are pretty. Democrats. I think that was a pretty easy one. <laughs> what, about, okay. what about good old Britney Spears? Oh, God. Oh, this might be a little bit of a tougher one. I feel like... She's liberal. <laughs> Our studio audience agrees as well. I, think I would she's say really liberal. Different. I would honestly say I mean, liberal. come on. She, she dances half naked half the time. She buzzed her head off. She lives a very liberal lifestyle. She I does. I would be I don't know. Surprised. I don't know if the buzzing the head off, it just means that she had like a mental breakdown and that she went on the well, Republicans, <laughs> Republicans have those all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Her and Donald Trump break. probably have a support group. If you've, any, if you, have you seen any... <laughs> Next thing you know, Donald Trump shaves his head. If you've seen any sort of... If I'm going to shave my head. It's going to be bigly, gooly, and hugely. <laughs> I'm going to have no hair. We've looked into it a lot, maybe a little bit, but probably a lot. I bet, his, have a I bet his popularity rate would go up. So if, you, if, you've seen, if you've seen any sort of Saturday Night Live, they always depict this conservative having a mental breakdown because of their father you know, saying that they have to go out and hunt and have to like abandon any sort of like childish like dreams that they had when they were younger. Y'all could, y'all could look up some pretty like good skits, um, but... Yeah, uh, with Britney Spears, like, a lot of, like, pop artists, like, you know, Taylor Swift and stuff like that, I don't know. Um, I I guess, like, my guess, and I can't, like, stereotype in anything, but if I had to make a guess, I I would say Britney Spears would be a liberal, like, Democrat. Yeah, Yeah. me too. I think we're locked in. Yeah, let's lock it in. And she is... A Republican. What the heck? That is very what? surprising. That's crazy. Oh but I guess, God. isn't she a Southern girl? Isn't she from the South? I think I so. Guess so. Yeah, I think so. So maybe those Southern roots. She's stuck the to Bible her belt, race. you know? Yeah. And from that mental breakdown you were talking about where she shaved her head, she... <laughs> I was th- saying she was a liberal <laughs> because she shaved her head. <laughs> So if you if you are a more liberal person, you need to go out and you need to shave your head. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're was... all shaving our heads in quarantine anyways, so 100%. might as well. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she's made quite the comeback. I think she's doing better for herself now. Like despite that low p- moment in tr- her in her in her life, she's made a comeback. I'm yeah. a high point for her, Jerry. <laughs> I love Britney. Don't get me I don't, wrong. I don't know what we're doing, her. but it's Britney, bitch. It's Britney. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh Lord. Okay. <laughs> All right. How about? Oh gosh, my other girl. Oh. oh. Carrie Underwood. This them, is my love. Them uh, legs. Them legs. All okay, right. but have you seen her recently? Because she's. She's lost a lot of weight and her booty has gone down. 
Oh. Uh, Allison, I'm going to need you to stop talking. She, <laughs> she, she is perfect. I'm ruining right. his hopes. She is perfect. Remember, this is not explicit content. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I love Carrie. Stand for her. She's a wonderful Christian woman. Has very strong beliefs. So I'm locking my answer in with Republican. I think I would bet my entire life, plus someone else's life, that she's a Republican. Yes. Also, she's 100%. married to a hockey player, so I love that. Yeah. <laughs> So, to provide a different argument for y'all, um, um, <laughs> something that I find, because, you know, I, I can't, like, say this for everybody, I, I, I tend to also make sure that I'm a devil's advocate and I keep any sort of, like, possibilities open, but a lot of country music artists, like, residing in the South, you know, tend to, especially, like, with the shift with the political map, I would say that, you know, if she's part of country music and she's a part of that, you know, certain social group that, you know, based off of like who she associates with, I think that she would be a Republican as well. Nashville's your conservative Hollywood. That's all unless I'll say. You're Eric like, unless you're Eric Church. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> he went Ro- to Apple. Can Ro- he say? Roll Ro- 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 near, Ro- but come on, man. Come on. All right. He can be. He has that right. And we still love the chief. All right. I have a fun story about Eric Church, but I'll save that for another time. <laughs> Never, another time. Next another time. time. Yeah, next right. time. Give us a drum roll, guys. She's a Republican. She's a Republican. Ayo, we got it. All right. So we've so, only gotten like one wrong, right? Yeah, we're doing oh, really good. That. I think Jared's probably gotten. Have you gotten any wrong? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, no, yeah. he he said the Dixie. No, he said, you did. You got one wrong. Yeah, yeah, the Dixie. Dixie. I had no yeah. idea. Well, I wouldn't say that was wrong. I just didn't really. <laughs> it just wasn't right. right. <laughs> it just wasn't right. I, I didn't have that in my back pocket. I, I know. That's what Jared does. Like whenever he gets like an answer wrong on a test, he takes it up to the professor and he's just like. I wouldn't say this is wrong, wrong per se, but can you give me some partial credit? I mean, I, I, yeah. it's it's you know it's not right, but it's not wrong. That's so. such a good Jared impression. I love it. I've gotten a lot of practice. Uh, <laughs> what four years? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's wrap it up with the man, Chuck the Norris. myth, and the legend. There's Chuck, a lot of people that could. Chucky that. Norris. What we got? Oh, I'm gonna say he's Republican. Hundred percent. He's Republican. Chuck Norris. He's, if Chuck Norris was not a Republican, I think I would question every aspect. Of Explain. Literally. Explain. Explain? Like, no, no, I don't like, think Chuck I, Norris needs an ex- explanation except he's you're Chuck for Norris. A, you're asking for an explanation. I'm, I'm ex- for Chuck I, I want I want an explanation for those that live under a rock. You know what? that this just don't happen to know Chuck Norris. Even like, if you don't know Chuck some... Norris, you know who Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Norris is. That's the most. Is. That's the most. Non-liberal specimen I think I've ever seen in my life. Nothing about him screams liberal at all. Okay. At all. So I just obviously this is something Texas. that's <laughs> from Tech. Yeah, he's also from Texas. Oh, okay. I know. I know. Highly believes in the Second Amendment. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Okay. See, thank you. That's the exact information that I'm okay, asking Okay. Well, there for. you go. There you go, Jerry. Okay. Second Amendment. Okay. I'd say he's a Republican too. You know. Oh, like, so you agree? Yes. Oh. Exa- oh, oh okay. Val. <laughs> he just wanted explanation. He's a five. Remember, everyone, Enneagram type five. He wants that investigation there. I'm well, telling this five, though, that there is no need for investigation. <laughs> <laughs> because, we, because we are talking about Chuck Norris here. That's we true. all know Chuck Norris. If you don't know Chuck Norris, you better look him up online, and then you'll be reminded. You'll also you'll see a reminded. lot of jokes about Chuck Norris. You will also see a lot of jokes. Okay, let's see who it is. Live studio audience. Last one. Republican. He's a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Republican. Wow, I thought there Sorry, was we, such we an argument there. Chuck Norris is a Republican. Uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty fun, guys. guys. I, think, I think we did good. That was I think, fun. I think overall we, we killed that. Um, and, and we were 9 out of 10. Down. 
What would we say? Say nine out of ten. Yeah. Did we nine get which one did we get wrong? I think we missed one. I think I think we missed different ones. I think you I think you and I missed one, and I think he got one. Oh, uh, right. but so they were different. We yeah. got the Dixie Chicks ones right, and then he he missed yeah. or he got one. Because we right know who they are, did. Jared. We're educating you on them right after this. Okay, sounds good to me. All right. I need to be more cultured. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for having me again. Really enjoyed show, it. Guys. I know. Heck of a show. Yeah, right. I enjoyed the show. Yeah. Well, we just want to thank you guys so much again for tuning back in this week and listening. Uh, we really appreciate you guys taking times out of your busy schedules to give us a listen. Tell your friends, tune into the McSmooth Show every week, every Wednesday. Give us a listen. Uh, don't forget to check out uh, the premiere of Mind, Body, and Spirit with Jared Smith. That'll be coming at you soon. Uh, give a, give a yeah, round of applause for that. Thank you. Thank you to our studio audience for joining us tonight. Woo! Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with a fresh take. Uh, send us your results from the Big Five tests as well as the political spectrum tests, and we would love to see those. Uh, don't, don't be afraid to slide in the DMs with uh, all of your results, uh, any suggestions you have for the show, uh, and we may have another special guest next week. We'll see how it goes. Well, I've enjoyed uh, being y'all's guest. Yeah, Allison, thank you so much yeah, for coming on the show. We'll invite you another time, Carol Baskin. 100%. <laughs> Carol Baskin. They call me that. That's not my name. That is All her right. name. All right. But please uh, let me know. Hey, guys, this is Hunter McDaniel signing off from the McSmooth Show. And this is Jared Smith signing off. And Allison Coakley for and, and we will catch you next week. You guys have a good one. Stay safe out there. Don't catch the corona. Peace out. Peace out.